Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm your host, Trevor Scott, and with me as always is Ben Slinger. Yes, I am. And we don't have a guest this week, so it's just the two of us again. Uh, so let's have some fun and do some click pitch. Mm-hmm. So, for those who haven't listened before, uh, click pitch is a game where we take a random word generator and on the count of three, two, one, click, we each grab a w- new word and try to come up with a game idea based on that. So, it's going to be fun. It's usually pretty ridiculous, but sometimes we come up with some awesome game ideas that we actually really want to play. So, let's see how it goes. And then we get very depressed. Yeah, somebody make those games for us. Come on, man. Three, two, one, click. Ooh, this is this is a very gamey word. Fate. Funeral. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, um, I was thinking, do I actually say funeral? <laughs> and like, are you meaning funeral? I'm like, yes. <laughs> um Yeah. So fate and funeral. Uh I mean a funeral is is the fate for all of us, I guess. I mean, hopefully, if we've got family and friends who are going to mourn us. But um, is it something about... Is it a game where... Like, it, we, you know, often in a game, the ending is a surprise. You don't know... You don't know... Well, yeah, often in a game, you are dying along the way to get to an ending of success, right? Yep. Maybe this is a game where you know that the ending is your death and your funeral... And, and you've got to fail upwards. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just thinking, how does because how does that work in a game where yeah? Because most games you're dying all the way through until you finally don't die enough <laughs> to succeed. Uh, is this a game where how do you do the opposite of that? Well, you well, don't. Yeah, I was just thinking. Um, do you, do you try to play a game where you where you're trying to kill the character, but Things keep on getting in the way, or it's kind of like a fluffy cloud land, and you, you're literally <laughs> like you're um, being softened with every blow. And it's like, oh. <laughs> I was almost thinking a game where, and I mean, uh, I guess this is just any permadeath game, but I was just thinking of a game where wherever you die, that's just where you die. It's your character's dead, and that was it, and it's how far you can get without dying. But I mean, that's most games. <laughs> <laughs> especially in the especially in the endless runner yeah yeah game. i guess that's just that uh fate funeral maybe we can change it maybe we'll make it like f-e-t-e like the french word fate uh <laughs> and it's just like a party funeral <laughs> oh okay we'll, we'll keep the same fate but this is this is the story your character has gone to see a fortune teller. Okay. And just so it's not on, on the usual, you know, stereotypical side, when you go in there, it's literally just, just a guy in a business suit. Okay. And he goes, give me, give me your palms. Okay, I, I read that you are destined to die in this particular place. Okay. And so, so you're, you know that you're destined to die there, but before that, he gives you a couple of other things that you're fated to to have done first, and it can then be like a either a action adventure sort of game where you know that by 
by fulfilling these things, you are getting closer to death, but you also manage to, um, like save, save a whole heap of people. So you, you realize that it's a noble death that, okay. that you'd be going towards. Okay. So it's not necessarily, um, something in the game mechanics. It's more of a, na- of a narrative thing. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I can see that. So it's almost, um, <laughs> uh, it, it could almost be like a machine of death game. Okay. I haven't played that one. So machine of death. You know, you know, because we played the card game, but the general idea—oh, yes, the general yes, idea yes. of the Machine of Death—it came from um, a couple of uh, books of short stories, and they all—they all revolve around one idea of this machine that you give it, a, like you give it a bit of your blood, it spits out a card, and that card always a hundred percent correctly predicts how you're going to die, but it's very vague. And often ironic about how <laughs> about the about what it puts on those cards, and so like the classic one is you know you get you 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 put your thumb in it pricks your blood you get the card comes out it says old age and you go like yes I'm gonna live till I'm ninety or whatever and then you cross the road and get hit by a car where a ninety year old has passed out in the front seat and runs you down. <laughs> Right, technically, yep. you died <laughs> as a result of old age. <laughs> so maybe this is a game where at the beginning, you get yeah, like you get a prediction, a death prediction from the from the machine of death, and so throughout this whole game, you're constantly trying to determine if this is where you die, based <laughs> on this cryptic prediction. And yeah, if it's if it's an action adventure or something like, you could be put in all these situations um or maybe it's even (laughs) it'd be kind of amusing to it would be an interesting design challenge i mean this would only work if if every character got the same one because you could also do some sort of procedural thing or that would be very complex um but i'm thinking if you if you if it's just in the narrative and the game and the player always gets the same one at the beginning you could you could send them on like every single quest has an aspect of it that could be taken to to match that prediction <laughs> so like i don't know i'm trying to think of a good one well may, maybe the f- first first thing that it, it says is you're going to die with something to do with grain right so the fir- the first mission sends you to a cereal factory okay and that's fine and then then you get sent to like a lumber mill and it was like you get killed there where there's you know the the grain of the of the wood, right, and that sort of stuff. So, so you got that that two sort of um, yeah, the different meanings. Yeah, like I was thinking for, for grain. I was thinking it could like if you got the word roasted, then like yeah, at some point the game sends you through, you know, some sort of all of these action adventure games always have like a lava level or whatever, like something to do with heat, <laughs> and or you get sent through yeah, like through a factory where there's all big um, oven, you know, industrial ovens, and I don't know. But then also, as part of the narrative, you just end up at Thanksgiving dinner with your family, and there's a bit where you could potentially be killed by the roast turkey. <laughs> you just get you start choking on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, are you are you destined to try and not die by this way? So you're trying to avert these these methods of of death. Yeah, I guess where the interesting bit comes in is. If you if and it's and it's and it's where and it's one of the things that's interesting about the concept in general. Uh, if you know generally how you're going to die, then if you're in a situation where it doesn't seem like anything 
like like whatever that thing is could happen, then you can feel safe. Yep. And so I guess in a game like this, it would be about uh, presenting the character with um, challenges where either they feel safe because they don't think whatever their prediction is could could ever happen at all, and then you somehow are able to surprise them with something that still matches it. Or there are literally mm-hmm. just sections of the game where, I mean, it'd be really interesting if this was like, imagine, imagine if this is like a platformer. Like a Prince of Persia platformer? Yeah, something like that. But based on but based on their prediction, there are whole sections of the game where where the game can't let the character die. <laughs> so <laughs> no matter what the character does, the game would have to like provide some you know way for them to not be killed. So even if they jump like every time they jump off a ledge, there's something there to catch them. <laughs> I'm not really sure how that would work as a game, but it's an interesting thought experiment. <laughs> and then it just decides to kill you on this one ledge because you happen to land on like a, a roast turkey. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. That's the other thing. If the game, yeah, if the game truly can't figure out a way to save you, then it just fires a roast turkey at your head. And it's like, well, <laughs> we told you. <laughs> All right. I think we should click again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we tried. <laughs> yeah. Three, two, one, click. Flight. <laughs> Ground. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they cancel each other out. Click again. <laughs> no. Um, uh, you could, it could be a game where you play a grounded bird that is unable of, to fly, who, who would like to. So, I'm thinking it's a story... Of the Kiwi. Okay. There aren't enough games about Kiwis. By which so, I mean possibly any. I'm thinking a 3D a 3D ukulele style adventure game. Yep. Where you play a, a Kiwi that is like fully photorealistic. Like this is no cutesy sort of sort of thing. We're talking full photorealistic sort of thing. And the Kiwi has always wanted to fly. So his adventure is, you know, he's stuck on the ground, but he wants flight. Right. So it's just, you know, a collectible sort of game. You're going out there, you're, you're coming up against, you know, enemies who who want to want to stop you from flying because of some mystical prophecy, maybe. Of, <laughs> that if the Kiwi ever flies, then... Then, you the, know, New Zealand is, is destined to... To, to rule the, the world. Something like I think that. this is the, I think this is the second game we've we've uh, second game we've talked about where New Zealand has had global domination uh, in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I like that. I think that should be. Well, I was I think thinking that should the be chicken, but then I'm like, no, the kiwi's a lot more interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so you're a kiwi who wants to fly, but <laughs> but the prophecy says that if the kiwi that when the kiwi flies, then everyone but New Zealand dies. So basically, they're t- <laughs> basically the world has taken this to mean that New Zealand is going to become a is, is going to finally get nuclear weapons, uh, nuclear kiwis. I don't know, and and destroy the rest of the, the world. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just wondering if you could actually have like the kiwi as at first it's just a typical kiwi, but then like the uh, New Zealand. Um, Secret Service happened to find this Kiwi and realised that it's very special and has has some secret powers. 
that it can be basically New Zealand's best secret agent. And <laughs> okay. maybe the prophecy was actually wrong and the and the Kiwi is is literally the um one to save the world from nuclear nuclear war. Okay. And the prophecy That's... is if the dodo can't learn to fly um the dodo then the, the world is doomed. Or the Kiwi. Because you said because well, yeah, yeah. you said dodo. Yeah, I was thinking Dodo as well. Right. So sorry about that. If the Kiwi, <laughs> if the Kiwi, sh- fly, if the Kiwi can't fly, then everybody dies. Uh, ca- catchy, catchy. And let's bring in the Dodo now. It turns out that they oh the Dodo's um, the villain. Either the Dodo is the villain, or the Dodo is like the the mysterious mentor. You know, the Dodo is a race that is no of bird that is no longer around, and it was because they couldn't learn to fly. Or maybe they eventually did learn to fly, and that's where they went. <laughs> hmm. Either way, there's, there's, there's the start of the story. I, I think a, a Kiwi secret agent sounds pretty awesome. I, I do think that sounds awesome. Now, I, just while you were saying all that, and I'm not going to throw away that idea necessarily. Uh, we can, and we can, Better fucking not. We can either throw away <laughs> my idea or take key aspects of both. But I had the thought of, instead of it just being... Oh, like the humans of New Zealand find this kiwi and blah blah. blah. What if it's like? A, what if it's a world where, like, everyone in New Zealand are kiwis? So they're just like, but they they wear clothes and like they live the way that humans do right now, but they're just kiwis, and it's them as the race of kiwis who have discovered this prophecy, and that as a and that that they. That one of them needs to fly, and then they find this particular one who, for for whatever reason, is their best bet at meeting his prophecy. And then the rest of the stuff you can keep. He becomes a secret agent. Mm-hmm. Okay, so during the game, he meets up with the Australian secret agent. Okay. Is the Australian secret agent a kangaroo or a koala? Or is everyone else in the world just human? <laughs> 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 I kind of love the idea of everyone else being human, but just everyone from New Zealand are Kiwis. And either, I'm not sure if it's funnier if the rest of the humans don't notice, like don't think it's strange, or if they do. Like every time they meet a New Zealander, they're just like, it's a fucking bird. Like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> And I can't. I- Either way, I, I really like this idea of this photorealistic world in which That's this it. kiwi in in like a, a tuxedo. Yeah, and it's not even anth- it's not even an anthropomorphic kiwi. Like they just look like the actual kiwi looks. So they're just they're tiny. They speak they're, English. They're tiny, but like people have to kneel down to talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but they only make mention of of like the size, you know, like the height difference, and that's yeah. It's like I forgot how I forgot how tiny New, Z- New Zealanders, Zealanders are. Yeah, they don't even call them kiwis like we call New Zealanders kiwis, you know, as as a as a colloquial term. Uh, or maybe that's just like that's totally racist <laughs> to call them a kiwi, even though that's like this species looks like only they can call themselves kiwis. So they just have to be New Zealanders. <laughs> you're getting into some. You're getting into some race relations now. <laughs> um, okay, so the Kiwi, well, the New Zealanders. <laughs> I don't want to offend them. So the New Zealanders find this secret agent Kiwi. What's uh, his or her name? Oh God. Um, 
Uh, I'm I'm thinking that at the start you can choose between either a guy or a girl. So okay, um, we'll go like Mass Effect style choice choices. Um, do they just get referred to by their last name like Mass Effect then? Um, agent. Yeah, I, agent. I, think, I think for I think for ease of ease of like um, voice recording and that sort of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's it. Right. Uh, agent. Uh, we are okay, terrible so, at thinking of names. Okay, so the boy's name, Oliver. <laughs> girl's name, Olivia. Okay. I may happen to be looking at New Zealand's 100 most popular baby <laughs> names in 2015. <laughs> Wait, was that the male and female name? Most popular names? Yep. <laughs> oh my God, New Zealand. <laughs> Seriously, you just name all your kids the same name, basically. Oliver and Olivia. Oh, so yeah. I think that works out well. And and just again for ease of voice recording, everyone just kind of mumbles it. Oh, it's Olivia. <laughs> it's Olivia. It's Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> or or at least it'll cut down on it because you only have to re- re-record the last couple of syllables every time. <laughs> it's oh, uh, uh, welcome, Agent Olive E. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Uh, okay. Are we gonna, can we go? Yeah, I was going to say, are we going to go further, dig further into this rich narrative, or are we going to uh, click again? Oh, I really like it. I think it's actually kind of cool. I'm just wondering if, like, throughout it, it's like you're not trying to you're not trying to find a way of getting your tiny little wings to work, but you're literally <laughs> no. It's literally um, it's literally searching out some like mystical, prophetic device or something created by the ancient ones that's a pretty that's that a, that's a to, common trope but anyway put mechanical wings on on yeah and it only on and it only fits kiwis like it's not made for humans so it's only the kiwis who can use it that's awesome i do i, like I do kind of like the idea of the mass effect like it's really serious and uh, sort of in the mass effect style it's very serious you've got all these you know close up conversation trees rpg style stuff but then the gameplay isn't mass effect like run and gun it's platforming it's u- oh, it's yeah. ukulele style platforming. So in between, you're like grabbing collectibles and da, 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 and then you get to a place and it's like, <laughs> thank God you made it, Agent Olivia. <laughs> Wait, did you see Olivia? My name's Oliver. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they just do that every single conversation. <laughs> they switch it around each time. Whichever one they wanted that character to to say. All right, you're going to use Oliver. The next conversation, they'll say Olivia. I mean, you know, someone's just always getting it wrong every second time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I'm, I'm just imagining this tiny little kiwi just, you know, spouting <laughs> out all this, all these conversations, having, having like some massive gunfight. <laughs> no, well, that's it. It's like... not gunfights. They have to jump on their fucking heads, Mario style. Like it's full on, <laughs> it's full on classic 3D platformer. <laughs> I'm actually looking. at Pictures of kiwis now. I'm like, I don't think they've actually got wings. <laughs> well, that's that's <laughs> the point, isn't it? They need why they need the mechanical ones. Yeah, I just want to copy this image and see if I can just paste it in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's a great one. We'll put that in the show notes. <laughs> so it's a it's a picture of a kiwi, but it's been cut in half, and it's a kiwi fruit inside the kiwi. <laughs> pretty awesome it's one of the best pictures i've ever seen <laughs> all right oh turns out yes they do have wings they're just absolutely fucking tiny it's vestigial basically yeah they are absolutely tiny just type in kiwi wing kiwi wing 
Everybody home typing Kiwi Wing. We're all looking up Kiwi Wings. Oh my goodness. That's really fucking funny. How small are they? It's like a little <laughs> fucking drumstick just <laughs> stuck in under all that feather. I guess it's feathers. It looks really... Yeah. Their feathers look really fur-ish, but... <laughs> oh, well, and that's... And kiwi that, wings. Well, and that's and, so, and sort of a, a, a bit of a... Um, Kick them while it's down in that then one, their name. two, three, four, Kiwi Wings recipe. <laughs> <laughs> four down in the in the list of of links and it's Kiwi Wings recipe. Right. <laughs> and it's got five stars <laughs> from all recipes.com. <laughs> Well, oh, I was going to say it's kind of it's kind of a bit of a kick when they're down because the, their name, the genus of them, Apteryx in ancient Greek, in ancient Greek means without wing. It's like, come on, man, <laughs> we've got wings under here. Maybe that can be like a common theme throughout the game: is people are constantly referring to them as like wingless birds or something. It's like we've got wings, and they like stick out their little. <laughs> Look, it's like we. We evolve from T-Rexes. That's why we've got tiny wings. <laughs> <laughs> so don't piss me off or I'll bite your fucking head off. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's click again. Three, two, one, click. Uh, seek. Tower. Ooh, Seek the Tower. It's a dark tower tie in video game. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Uh, I mean, geez, there's a lot there. How, how would you turn the Dark Tower into a video game? That would be... I mean, obviously, he's a gunslinger. Like, you'd think it would be easy, but he doesn't do all that much gunslinging story-wise. No. There are some big set-piece moments. It's kind of like a walking simulator with, like, talking and occasional Stephen King references. Uh, Yeah, he's walking across the desert. Towards, like, a tower-like structure in the... Yeah. In the... um. In the distance. It's another, it's another one of these desert bus style games where you just have to keep heading towards <laughs> the tower and you never get there. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure we can come up with our own version of, of like, the, um, the, the Black Tower is what we'll call it. Okay. So, so this isn't, towers, this isn't Stephen King's intellectual, into intellectual property. We're not licensing the Dark Tower. It's a new yes. thing. So you play the Gun Wrangler. So not a gunslinger, but a, <laughs> a gun wrangler. Okay, <laughs> the gun wrangler. He comes across. He he's walking uh, through the desert uh, along the beach. Um, he gets his he, he gets his toe taken. Well, that happens in the book, though, doesn't it? He loses a toe and some yeah. fingers. Um, so obviously, we've got a man in white. Um, he's following. He's following the man in white. He finds three portholes on the beach, uh, and goes into each one into them and pulls out a a woman named Teddy. <laughs> yep. Um. The, obviously, the, the the big boss per, big boss person is Flandel Rag. <laughs> um. Jesus. <laughs> All based on a series of books by Stephen <laughs> Ding. Chandler Bing. Get it right. Keevan Stink. Okay, we're just doing spoonerisms. <laughs> Pretty much. I uh, see so you've played Knifey Spoony before. <laughs> so it's actually the Tark Dower. 
is the is the is the game we're making. <laughs> Let's click again. Yep. Three, two, one, click. Upsetting. Contemporary. <sighs> That's an interesting one. I feel like there's some sort of social dynamics at play. Well, I mean upsetting, obviously. Mm-hmm. Is it just that it's set in contemporary times, or are we talking about you're upsetting your contemporaries? They're, they're performed by a contemporary dancer. <laughs> what even defines contemporary dance? It's, it's just like, like recent. Not the sort of stuff that I normally do. <laughs> yeah, like just modern dance, I guess, right? Yeah, and it's kind of freeform stuff. Okay, okay. So it's a VR game where you're trying to, trying to make the most upsetting contemporary dance move moves <laughs> yeah but all i'm all i'm imagining is just people doing vulgar like moves towards their groin and then people just don't want to play so basically every just dance game ever or dance central yep okay click again three two one click <laughs> <laughs> we're not getting really great words this week ability park <laughs> all right this is about a superhero <laughs> who is has the power to parallel park perfectly every time. <laughs> but does he use it for good or evil? See, I was going it was a it was a um superhero where his power is to have perfect parkour. <laughs> so <laughs> he just can't fall. He can jump from anything to anything as long as he can see it, no matter the distance. I'm I'm just I'm now imagining this is just another mirror's edge game. Well, maybe it's both. Maybe he's a parkour parker. Parallel parker. (laughs) I don't quite get how that's going to work. Well, you can... Because you could, like, park a car, but you're so good at it that you can park it so close to the other cars that they can't get out. (laughs) And so, you know, someone's robbing a bank and you prevent them from getting away in the getaway car by, like... Getting all the cars around them and parking them in perfect precision <laughs> so that they're stuck. <laughs> and then, you know, to get out of the car yourself, you you wind down the window and you can, you know, flip out yeah, of Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just bounds away across all these perfectly parked, parallel parked cars. All right, fuck, let's click again. We've got to find one that we can really get some meat. Let, let's from. find the nug. Yeah. To borrow the parlance from another podcast. <laughs> All right. Okay. Three to one click. Cartridge. Sneak. Okay. So, you are on a quest to get the elusive, now I'm talking really elusive, Atari 2600 game E.T. the video game. Well, that's not that elusive, is it? Because didn't they make, like, thousands of them? Yeah, but this is before... This is before they like, dug this them out of, the, out of the landfill. This is this is in, like, the... It's set in the 80s. Okay. So you can have an amazing soundtrack. All right. So, okay, this is set in the 80s. It's before the games come out. And so, and so you're trying to sneak into the, like, Atari 2600 cartridge printing factory to get a copy of this awesome E.T. game that's coming out that's going to blow the world yep. away. And and as you think that, you know, it's going to be the best seller of this Christmas, you know, you need to you need to get that copy now. Right. Or multiple copies if you can. Sell them on uh pre eBay. Pre eBay. <clears throat> That's what eBay was oh. before it existed. Actually, you know you know what? This this 
this is the original developer of like the the twenty six hundred. Okay, and he thinks that the that the um the release of of the ET twenty six hundred um Atari twenty six hundred game is is going to completely decimate oh the gaming Atari industry. Sales. So he's trying to get in to steal the master cartridge that they're going to develop all all other cartridges on. Maybe you're a time traveler who's gone back in time to prevent the great gaming crash of the eighties precipitated yep. by the re- release of the terrible game E.T. on the Atari 2600. I like that because you could play with a lot of, you know, 80s uh, pop culture stuff and the diff, you know, bringing modern stuff back into the into the 80s and stuff. That'd be cool. A real peri- period but of course, piece. You for, you, you've forgotten uh, some of the stuff that happened in the 80s, so you're bringing up and referencing stuff that maybe hasn't happened yet. Well, yeah, you could have conversation trees and stuff where you have to answer particular things and it, you have to answer in a way that doesn't give away that you're... Yeah, so if you're trying to make any Back to the Future references, <laughs> well, that didn't come out to later on in the 80s and, you know, you you really kind of, kind of fucked. But because you've gone back in time and you happen to travel back in time, in this case in a DeLorean, you know, <laughs> you can't... You want to make those those sort of... No, no, of, no. It um, can't be a DeLorean. Connections. It can't be a DeLorean. I mean, for... It's a Trans Am. No, it's <laughs> got to be something... Because the DeLorean at the time of... In 1985, the DeLorean was like an actual car, right? That people thought looked cool. So now it's got to be like a Tesla or something, right? Like, or are they too common? Maybe something lesser known, but... Or maybe it's something really ugly. Like, maybe it's one of those really boxy looking... <laughs> what are they? Happens to be a Datsun 120Y. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think cars enough to know what that looks like, but I just looked it up and yeah. Okay. No, I think yeah, like this is if we, if we're gonna do some Back to the Future references and and rip it off basically, because you are going back well more than thirty years. ET came out in December eighty two, so you're going back, you know, thirty six, thirty seven years. Mm-hmm. That's nuts! Oh my god! Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, dude, we're old. We're old. <laughs> Fuck. Um, this game came out when I was one. Yeah. Yeah, 1982. I guess we're not as old as all the people who are listening and going, oh, yeah, I remember when Atari, when ET came out on the Atari 2600. You're old, guys. Sorry, but you're old. Or, or we're, we're a lot older than the people going... What's, what the what fuck the is an Atari, Atari 2600? <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck are Atari? What the fuck is the Datsun 120Y? <laughs> What's Back to the Future? Oh, no, yeah, no. that's just... That's bad. You better go fucking you watch Back to the Future find... now, you goddamn millennial <laughs> shit. <laughs> I think technically we're millennials. Whatever. Thank you for what... Uh, thank you for listening, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't go away. I'm sorry. Just go watch it. Pause this. Go watch all three movies. They're all pretty good. <laughs> the third one's the weakest, but it's still worth a watch. Uh... And then come back and listen to the rest of this, so we can make more Back to the Future references and you'll understand them. <laughs> okay, so I'm I'm really liking this idea. So, just like in Back to the Future, there's a there's a antagonist, a biff, as you were. It, yeah, you know. So maybe the antagonist is like the head of the Atari Corporation. Oh, in fact, no. Who 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 would have actually profited from from the video game industry industry's demise. Um, I mean, 
the head of Nintendo America. Well, <laughs> no, well, eventually, but I was going to say like traditional, more traditional toys, like the yo-yo lobby. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking slinkies. <laughs> so the the um the the owner of like novelty corp. the slinky the slinky novelty corp. Yeah. Um, they they've already travelled back in time a little bit before you, and they've managed to hide said Atari Twenty Six Hundred Master Cartridge because they happen to get a job at this place. So you've got to you've got to kind of sneak into a whole heap of different places, thinking Sam Fisher style, like yep. from. Splinter Wait. Cell? So who are who are we playing? Who's the protagonist? We're, we're, pl- we're playing. Like, are we the... a, just an avid video game player from the year 20, 2017? No, I'm thinking that we're the original creator of of the ET twenty six hundred game, and we've decided that we're going to go back in time to destroy <laughs> our worst creation. Okay. Okay. And it gives us kind of weathered weathered feel, like you know how um, Sam Fisher's old in. In the later Splinter Cell games, but he's yeah. still well, that's you know, about quite right. good at that. So we I, play. I think as, that would be good to. We play as Howard Scott Warshaw because I've just looked him up on Wikipedia. He's fifty nine uh-huh. years old in twenty seventeen. So that's about right. So that's that's fine. He's just growing. He's growing now an, he's now a psychotherapist. So can we bring that in there somewhere? <laughs> quite possibly. But yeah, it turns out that over over the intervening years. In this maybe maybe parallel universe, he actually you know worked worked as a secret agent or something like that. So he's got those stealth skills that he's got to try and then break into the factory. And and when you happen to break into the factory, you know you see your arch nemesis, the um, the owner of the of the novelty core, having to pick it up. And he's he also has gone through the um, through the spy training. Just so happens he worked for <laughs> Russia. <laughs> really? Okay, I guess that's the classic 80s villain, so that makes sense. Cold War, yes. Yep. In fact, in this universe, the Cold War never finished. <laughs> okay, wait, so it's a it's not just a parallel universe in that they might go back and change what we currently know, it's that even the timeline they're coming from is a parallel universe? Yes. I mean, the, the thing is, like, in our current universe, Russia, as the bad guy, is kind of coming back into vogue. <laughs> And that's because it never actually went away. The Cold War has always been going. Didn't you see that Simpsons episode where they they hit the button and they and they turned back into the USSR? <laughs> yes. And then Lenin came back to life. Oh my god! All right, <laughs> let's not go too deep into like geopolitical politics in this stupid game about stealing an ET cartridge. <laughs> um, all right, so. Yeah, whatever. Spy training. Maybe they just did like a crash course in in spy training before going back through the to- going back in the Tesla. You know what they did? What? They did an online university course, <laughs> an online spy training course. So did it work then, or are both of these guys just like total Inept. bumbling? And look, this is nothing against you, Howard Scott Warshaw. If you happen to come listen to this episode, I'm definitely gonna mention you in a tweet about it so you might hear it <laughs> this is an alternate universe i'm sure you're a very good spy but <laughs> i just love the visual like an of- online university. yeah like they're trying to do the splits move downloading pdfs <laughs> how to be a spy 
That's like your tutorial of the actual game itself. Like it's how it teaches oh, you to the different moves. <laughs> or maybe it's even that or maybe it's even that he's gone back in time. Good old Howie W. Gone back in time. He's there and he's like, Oh shit, I should have done some spy training. But as part of like the time travel thing, his smartphone still works uh, in the, in nineteen eighty two. So he just he's like that's part of the tutorials. Every time you have to do a new move, he like downloads a new PDF from online spy school dot com. Uh- <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so you've got kind of limited moves, I guess. Or, or does he? Or does that just work? Does he just get really? really good i think i think you know if if it's like he's trying to climb up a wall you know and do do the split sort of crawl up the wall yeah <laughs> um you know he can only go so wide and it, and if it goes too wide you know he, he starts complaining about his hamstrings or something like that like it it's sort of like i think this is how i should do it and he just looks uncle as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah That'd be kind of funny, just this inept. But but I'm thinking that the um the novelty co guy is yep. like the real deal. Okay, he's done some actual actual training. Yeah. Because what else do you do when you're uh um when you're the the CEO of a novelty company? <laughs> well, I guess this is years <laughs> later. I guess he's spent his whole he's spent his whole life fuming over the fact that <clears throat> that video games. Well, wait, wait, but then he'd know about the video game crash. Oh, okay, so maybe he comes from an alternate universe where there was no video game crash because E.T. actually got cancelled. Or so- got stolen by this guy, so he's gone back in time to try and stop the paradox. <laughs> right, okay, so so you're actually two... Yeah, you're kind of two timelines in. So, like, in in the original timeline, it's as we know it, E.T. was released... Uh, the video game market crashed because of all the money spent on it and how much of a failure it was. You know, I might be paraphrasing history here, I don't know, but this is what we're going with. But then in the alternate timeline, after Howie W goes back, he steals it. The video game industry is stronger than ever. You know, We got full-on VR in you know 2003. By the time it's 2017, like... We've got... It's the most... Literally holodecks. <laughs> Yeah, it's like taking over the world. But this guy, Star Trek this, this guy for thirty for thirty years, thirty plus years, the CEO of Slinky Novelty Corp, has been fuming over the fact that he, yeah, that his business went down the drain because of video games. Fucking video games! You can't even touch them. Oh, except now that you can because you have holodecks. But whatever, it's not the same. <laughs> so he goes back because he he realizes there was actually a um a glitch in the. Yeah, he he was like looking at he was looking at security. Like he he goes back. He's been exploring. He's been uh, researching this historical event, the release of ET, or he at least he tracks it down to the release of ET as like a glitch, and he sees how he on his on his smartphone. Right, like it's like oh yep. shit, he sees that he's gone back in time, and and so yeah, he determines to go back in time, and that's when- <laughs> to go back in time and stop him. Yep, I, that's li- where the I game quite like starts. that idea. Trying to trying to stop the, you know, paradoxes from happening and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's really cool. I for one really, really, really want to play that game because I think it it'd be cool. <laughs> that's really awesome. Click refresh. Three, two, one. Click. All right. Duck. Tape. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Well, that's a good start. Let's see where we can go with duct tape. <laughs> as in, as in the animal or or the, the actual... animal? Oh, no, no, I the animal. Thought you might have actually duct. Actually got ducked. No. <laughs> so I mean, but that's perfect because you know everyone or like a lot of people think it's duct tape anyway. They get it wrong. So let's come up with what a game about duct tape would actually be like. Are you a duck who uses tape? As you know, as to get around, are you someone who tapes ducks together for some reason? Is it tape made from ducks? Let's 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 explore it. This idea. <laughs> I've just imagined this universe where everything that exists that is like computers and stuff is just ducks taped together. <laughs> You want a table? It's like 17 ducks taped together. <laughs> it's just stuff. For some reason, we discovered how to breed ducks extremely efficiently, and the duck economy, the duck economy just exploded. And so the whole world had to start figuring out how to make things out of ducks and tape. And it's not the good tape either. It's not duct tape. It's, it's not duct it's, tape. It's, it's like just scotch cello tape. tape. <laughs> So the things keep falling apart. The ducks just fall off, run away. I'm picturing people driving down the the road, but it, like the cars are literally just like all the ducks that are on the bottom of this car just have to walk. Like all their little legs, just their feet, just slapping along the road, just walk, just going along in this duck based vehicle. Okay, I'm really in this like parallel universe sort of secret agent agenty sort of feel today yeah this is an alternate universe where i hope so where it turns out that all the major heists that have been performed in the world has been performed by this duck this really like insanely intelligent duck and in in the latest heist managed to be caught on tape (laughs) okay so it all comes down to the duct tape. Everyone talks about the duct tape. Yes. Where this duck was f- finally seen. And no one no one actually believes that this duct tape actually exists. Or that a duck could do... Like, or that it provides evidence that this is the person or the thing, the being that performed all these heists. And that maybe, maybe in this world, like, ducks are secretly, you know, the, the leaders of the free world, but they're just... They're letting us think that... That we are the um, we're the leaders, but it turns so out kind of like the like the mice in of the galaxy. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. What do you think? All right. So this is the okay. Yeah, I like the premise. How do we make it into a game? Who do you play? Is it like an investigative sort of thing? I think it's an investigative ty- to- type of thing where maybe you you go through a couple of you go go through a couple of these investigating these heists that have been happening and you keep on finding finding things that you know feathers kind of like and you you immediately piece it together that it's that it's from like bedding because you right. know it's like from down from the quilt <laughs> i i like the idea of this of someone starting to play this game and if you can manage to keep it secret they don't actually know from the beginning that it's a duck like they think it's just a standard sort of investigative adventure game of sorts and they're starting to really go go down that that path of wow you know this um piecing together clues this quilt, but this yeah, quilt heist 
sort of thing or whatever whatever the funny pun name we come up with um this the uh thief Duna dodger <laughs> god <laughs> but um cuz obviously we don't have to call the call the game duct tape because no exactly this is the thing it's like it's at least four or five heists deep into this <clears throat> into this game before you finally get the duct tape where it's caught on tape and all of the little things that you thought were random or yeah had to do with they're using pillows to silence their weapons like why they're always duck feathers at the at the scene of the crime turns out it's just a fucking duck it's a duck doing the <laughs> doing the heist and then it leads into this government conspiracy in which you you end up yeah, in, then it just, in like the white house and and you and the duck who is actually prime minister comes out from behind the chair like the chair spins around and there's a fucking duck sitting there as as the robotic donald trump gets pushed to the side you know how we all thought that it was actually the oval room or the oval office it's not it's, it's the, the egg, egg office <laughs> <laughs> it's slightly tapered at one end you couldn't tell dun, dun, dun. <laughs> It's the biggest giveaway. <laughs> but I, I think that... It's not actually Donald Trump, it's Donald Duck! <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't be as funny before as it was. Him was <laughs> before him was Baduck Obama. <laughs> Baduck. <laughs> I can't think of I can't think of one for George Bush. <laughs> George two in the hand is worth one in the bush or whatever it is. <laughs> A duck in the hand is worth one in the George W. Bush. <laughs> Bill Clinton. <laughs> God, this is real, man. We're uncovering a fucking conspiracy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, fuck. (laughs) 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 Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, fuck. I was spending too much time trying to work out Bill, not Bill Clinton, um, George W. Bush. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't he go back anomaly. that far. He was an anomaly. The, 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 the duck actually <laughs> lost that year. John Kerry was the fucking duck. <laughs> oh, shit. Did John Kerry run against Bush? Oh, that was the second term. No, it was Al Gore. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Al Gore's just a duck's name anyway. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think we should click again. I don't think we can beat that on this one. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Let me just have a drink of water. Yeah. I've got a headache now. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> You're welcome. Three, two, one, click. Naughty. Scholar. Ooh, a naughty scholar. Uh, okay. How, other than sexual harassment of their students, could a scholar be naughty? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess a scholar is just someone who's learning, but I, I guess I went to kind of teacher or professor sort of thing. Okay, I'm picturing this as 
like an Animal House-style university. Right. But based in, like, the late 1800s. Ooh, interesting. So... I have no idea what universities would have been like in the late 1800s, really. But I'm just I'm just imagining the naughty pranks that some of these these people would have got up to. But, of course, they don't have today's technology and all that sort of stuff. So, when they did panty raids, they, they were getting, like, the old, the old like, grandma's panty sort of, sort of <laughs> little panties. And what? I'm just... <clears throat> what? No, I was just needed to clean my throat. No, you said what? <laughs> well... Uh, I'm thinking knickerbockers and, and I know, that sort of stuff. I know, but just the idea of a panty raid in general is pretty <laughs> hor- like horrible. They're literally sneaking into girls' dorms and things. Okay, so they're sneaking in and they're like, oh, I saw her ankle. <laughs> Jesus. I don't think this one's good either. I think we need to click again. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Give it a try. Okay, if we can click again. Three to one click. Insert. Library. Insert library. You have to put, you have to insert a book into the wrong place to screw up the Dewey Decimal System. system. Uh, and it pisses off the librarian. Okay, so I'm wondering, is this, is this a game where you play a librarian and you realise that, and yet again, I'm going down this secret agent sort of path. Um, <laughs> okay. Some people have been, these, these people have been using, like, books in the library being put into certain positions to actually, like, send secret messages between, uh, between people. Yep. So what's actually, what actually happens is this librarian gets, gets involved by, by literally saying, oh, this book is in the right, is, is in the wrong place. She moves the book to the right place. Yep. But then, she has to go on the run because she's inserted the book into the wrong place. She has to go on the run because, um, oh, so she's inadvertently sent a message by changing the position of the book. Yes, and uh. and so the people who the message was in, intended for are trying to, are trying to catch her because the positioning of of the numbers determines what what the code actually was that they was supposed to get. So they're trying to they're trying to catch her so that they can find out where the um Oh where it was originally where the book was positioned originally. Okay. And just for just for just for easy easiness sake, she has happens to have a photographic memory. So she remembers everything. Yeah. That... She knows whenever any book is out of place. Yeah. Okay. So a bit of intrigue, bit of bit of other other stuff. Um point and click adventure game this time though. Alright, so, point and click adventure, you're on the run from, is it secret agents again? Is it like a government agency? Um, is it, or is it like a terrorist cell working within Okay, yeah, terrorist cell, country? we haven't done terrorist cell yet. Alright, what is the goal of the terrorists? And let's make sure <laughs> to keep this uh, something non-political, if possible. <laughs> Concerned about where this episode's heading in certain ways. Alright, so terrorists, what what is their goal? Does it matter? I guess it doesn't matter, but they're extremists of some sort or another. They're extremists of some sort and I think they're 
their goal is to steal the Declaration of Independence. Sure, sure. They they call themselves the National Treasures. They worship <laughs> Nick Cage. <laughs> Who knows why they want it, but that's their goal. The Declaration of Independence. Maybe they want to blow all the dust off it. Call um, back. Uh, okay. <laughs> God, I forgot about that game. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. If we're doing point and click adventure, let's at least go a little bit further into the, the story and the narrative. Because the gameplay is basically already there. Unless we're doing anything uh, uh, novel with it. Well, I think... You know, maybe it can start... Are there lots of word puzzles and things? Like, maybe this is an educational game. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that you can, um, as part of, like, the dialogue, the dialogue trees, because you've got to have subtitles on, you have, like, a, you have a, a sixth sense of... You can tell when someone's using the wrong version of a word, and you can, you can <laughs> press them on that. <laughs> I love this idea of... So she's not just a librarian, she's a teacher as well, and she, like, yeah, part of her technique for getting information out of people is to, like, scold them or, like, teach, <laughs> teach them the correct version of the word, like, or when they but use the wrong not, grammar. This is not exactly the best best word, but she's a grammar Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Or maybe it's just, uh, maybe it's maybe that's even not part of the main gameplay. Well, I guess in some cases it could be, but you can get, like, bonus things by... It's not even an option in the dialogue tree, but if someone uses bad grammar, you can, like, click on that spot in their, like... Um, on the subtitle. On the subtitle. You know, it, it generally would have to be at a point where where you've got options to say something. It's got maybe the last thing they said, but if, the, if in that last thing they said there's bad grammar, you can click on it and you get an extra hidden dialogue option, which is where she corrects it, and sometimes you can get extra information out of them or, yeah, or like, I, I get a whole that- new branch... I think that's kind of cool, and then there's actually like a mode that if you detect something within within the conversation that has been said wrong, you can like um, activate her special ability, and you can mark out. Oh, like scroll back up, and it's like you, and you bring can, out your you bring out your red pen. <laughs> she she can like circle, and yeah, if if you happen to click on something, you know she'll she'll scrub it out, and and she'll make comments, and it's it's running narrative in her head in her head. <laughs> It's kind of like uh, in Sherlock, like the BBC one, where he goes into his little mind palace or whatever, and and you know it's everything's in slow motion, and he's going back over what has happened or what people have said. It's like that, except she's it's like she's marking papers. Yeah, and she's got a red pen out, and yes, you just seeing like like you got the great little sharpie squeak sound of the of the sharpie, you know, circle this right in the right in the comments blah, 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 blah. and when all that finishes you've got these extra dial like cutting dialogue options that just attack their grammar and, <laughs> and their mode of speech yeah and and maybe she can use some of that to deduce you know different facts yeah but i'm thinking at the start the first part of the game is she's just going through doing doing her regular duties um it's it may be like a, a really high tech lo- library in which something's just been installed Saying that um, the, these books are, have been returned to the wrong position, please go fix them. You know. It well, I wonder. Like- yeah, I wonder if there's almost um, there's something there where they're replacing the Dewey Decimal System with this like location encoded high tech system that just knows where the books are at all times, so they don't need 
you know, they don't need the actual numbers and letters combination anymore. And she's like pissed off at that. And, and it doesn't work. Like she's the one who realizes, or, or it's big, or it's the fact that, yeah, like the thing tells her it's in the wrong spot, but it's her noticing the, the actual codes, the Dewey decimal codes. Well, she she's. I'm think I'm thinking maybe maybe it's this is a new experimental technology. So the terrorist group didn't actually know that this was coming in. They still thought the Jewish yeah, yeah. system was still being used. This library's like cutting edge. But it turns out that this has just been installed this morning, and it marks these books out of out of place. So she goes and moves them. Like they still got the Dewey decimal numbers on them because that was our whole yep. idea for the um. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. No, I think they would. And. Then when they come and they realise that there's nothing out of place in this particular area, maybe just after she maybe just after she fixes it, she walks out and these this group of people walk into that area, and you know you can have some sinister music or something like that saying that maybe something's not quite right. She goes yeah. off, and it goes into a cutscene where literally you see them them looking through and they go, "There's nothing out of place." That librarian must have must have moved it. Let's well, or maybe there's even a conversation tree. And, and... Well, or maybe there's maybe it's even that there's a conversation where like they come and talk to you and you you have a bit of a conversation where you tell them about this new system. Oh yeah, and when they realize that, like they go to kidnap her because they they realize, oh shit, like this is the per- this is the only person who can decode, who who can who can know what the message was supposed to be. Yeah. So I but like the idea she, but she manages she, to get away. No, I actually like the idea that she gets caught at first. Oh, she gets caught at first. And then okay. she then she manages to get away later because then you can have, you know, a simple puzzle of this is the escape room. Yeah. In which you're tied to the chair, so she she has to go through and um and you have a couple of dialogues in in this case and that's where she starts you know, analyzing yeah, you, their, their speech and that sort of stuff. And you yeah, learn that. okay. She outsmarts them basically, and she outsmarts to them. Get, get away. Um, she outsmarts, outsmarts one of them to actually untie her. She knocks them out, and then happens to to run off. Yeah. And then it can just be, you know, sort of a an adventure game in which, you know, she's trying to get the well, because now she's trying to discover why they even tried to kidnap her, and and she's researching them and trying to figure out what they're doing and stop them while at the same time they're trying to capture her again and get yeah. the information out of her. Uh, that's cool. So I, I think that's really ripe for lots of lots of fun yeah. games with, with. Yeah, that's cool. I I li- I really like the idea of playing with the, you know, because point click adventure games are one of my favorite genres, but playing with the classic mechanics of dialogue trees and stuff and we've done that a bit before like in blind reflection we had interesting things with the dialogue trees and stuff uh, and obviously uh, even a couple of weeks ago with with jacob on um with we had the, some, with the hand had, physics technology with the hand stuff yeah the hand stuff uh <laughs> but uh <laughs> but uh yeah i like that like yeah bringing the, the whole grammar thing into into the dialogue trees and stuff is really cool Awesome. All right. Well, that was good. Let's end on that. Let's end on uh, library... What was your word? Insert and... Yes, insert. Library insert. Oh, we totally could have done something with those old school, like... You remember the old inserts where they'd stamp it with the expiration... With the uh, return date? Yeah, anyway. Well, maybe that's got something to do with the code. Maybe we'll bring that in there, too. She's yeah. just a total old school librarian. She wants to go back to the days of Dewey Decimal and, and inserts for... 
with rubber stamps. And she finds out through the inserts, you know, that this person's book, um, check this book out. Oh, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah that could be, that could be part of it. And... Oh, that could be part of it, yeah. Yeah, so it's just, this <laughs> is flavour. There's a lot this there, is, there's a lot there. This is extra flavour. Okay, that is all we have time for on Bitstorm today. Well, I mean, we could keep going, but that's all we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for joining us on Bitstorm today. Uh, we have Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram accounts, all Bitstormcast there. So just check us out there. Um, let us know of any ideas that we didn't have for the games that, that you're just trying to scream out at the podcast, but <laughs> we can't hear you. <laughs> so the only let way us we can know hear there. you is if you type at us, so do that. Yes. You can check us out on iTunes. Um, it's one of the easiest ways to, to subscribe to our podcast. We'd also like it if you could rate and review us, please. It will help us immensely in, in maybe getting onto, the, onto you know, some of those new and noteworthy or something else like that to, to get us out to more listeners. If you don't want to use iTunes, we also have a website, bitstormcast.com. All of our episodes are up there. Uh, there are links there to subscribe in your favorite app as well. I personally use Pocket Casts. I don't know about you. Uh, so, yeah, check that out. Um, we'd also like to thank Kuradast, who provided the opening and closing track, which is Mount Defiance from the album Containment Failure. Check them out at kuradast.net. And we'd just like to give a bit of a shout out to the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network, AGPN. They're a great network of other Australian gaming podcasts. Uh, you can use the hashtag AGPN on Twitter or just search for Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook. And there's just a great community there. We've had a bunch of guests on from that community in the past and will do in the future. Uh, and uh, yeah, hopefully, check check a lot of them will be at PAX this year too, so... When that comes around, get your tickets, check them out. We'll be there. Say hi. Definitely. Definitely. Okay, so I'm Trevor Scott. I am Ben Slinger. So, Ben, a game where you're an investigator investigating heists that happen to be performed by a duck? Bill Clinton. <laughs> I'd play that. <laughs> <laughs>